Hey, this is John Huseman. I'm the pastor of the Ark Church, and this is our podcast. I want to thank you for joining us today. I hope that this inspires you. I hope it builds your faith, and I hope it draws you closer to God. Enjoy the message. Are you getting ready for Christmas? Are you ready for Christmas? Who here, you're fully done. You've bought everything. You got everything. Eggnog's in the fridge. You're like, okay, we got it. We got it. How many of you haven't started yet? Raise your hand. Anyone? That makes me sweat just seeing hands. I'm like, oh. so um, anyway, my children love to send me Christmas lists. Has anyone, has anyone gotten a handwritten Christmas list? Okay, so they put them on the fridge. Some of them are legible. Some of them are not legible, but let me just give you a couple of Christmas recommendations. Okay. So as you are thinking about Christmas, we, we actually have the merch pop-up shop available. And so there's some, there's some different shirts out there. There's a bunch of like kids shirts. This is a, a shirt we did a couple years ago. This is like $5. There's, there's new shirts, there's old shirts. And so we're just trying to say, Hey, if you would like to get shirts for your kids or grandkids, we got those. Um, if you're thinking about something that's kind of neat for your, your children, this is called the action Bible. This thing is awesome. It's like a comic book Bible. So I'll show you just a, a page or whatever, but you get to learn about the Bible in a way that's almost like a comic book. So if you have little kids, like it's exciting to kind of, I, I read this with Sam and we talk about the different things and he's able to read it. But the Action Bible, it's really, really cool. It's a great way to introduce your kids to kind of the Bible and everything. And this year, um, during our grocery giveaway, we gave out these books. It's called Decade by Decade. And so whatever decade you're in, it has about a 10-page chapter that highlights maybe something that, uh, a word for this whole decade, things that you're anxious about, things that you might be struggling with. And it's just good to know, um, I'm in my 40s. It's like, okay, everybody in their 40s is struggling with this. Or you might be like, I'm in my 30s, I'm in my 20s, you know, whatever it is, but it's a great book. And uh, actually, we're going to give away 50 copies. So if you want one, it's free. You can go grab it. You can get it. Early bird gets the worm. You're here. You get it. So just try to take one per family. They're out at the new here table. Um, I'm highlighting different books to you, but we, this is the only book we have. So people, uh, they're like, so where do I buy the books? Amazon. That's where you go. Okay. Amazon is, is where they have books. As you're thinking about finances, the best book I've ever read on finances is called The Blessed Life. This is an incredible book about tithing, about why we give, what's the purpose of it. I'd encourage you to, to do that. Um, if you're looking for a book on marriage, The Four Laws of Love, this is a, a book by Jimmy Evans. It's a great, incredible book. If you're thinking about habits, okay, we're starting the new year. How do we get some new habits going? Atomic Habits. This is an incredible book. You'll get a lot out of this book. Um, I think it was one of the top books of last year or the year the year before. So um, two more, and then we'll, we'll jump in. But um, this book by Chris Hodges, Pray First. It's kind of, it says, worry, no. Cry, no argue? No. Fight? No. Like, pray first. How, how do we pray first? And uh, the book that I would recommend if you're struggling with anxiety, you're struggling with stress, depression, despair, it's Winning the War in Your Mind um, by Craig Rochelle. And we went through this book together as a church a couple years ago. And uh, this past week, I, um, a guy that I haven't talked to in probably 10 years, he just called. And I picked up the phone and we talked for over an hour. And uh, I could tell he just needed someone to talk to. Um, a couple of days later, a guy I haven't talked to in several months called. 
And we talked for over an hour. And as I was praying, you know, this week, it's like, especially during this season, if somebody pops up in your mind, just reach out to them. Like the holidays can be really hard. It can be really lonely. It's dark at like four o'clock now. It's like, um, you know, so it's like you might have these God moments over the next couple of weeks where someone just keeps coming to your mind. Just reach out and call them, reach out and talk to them. Or if someone calls you, you have to be willing to be interrupted, okay? So you might have to answer the phone. You might have to, you know, go for a walk and, and be talking to someone. But just especially in this season, I want us to reach out as a church. I want us to care for people, care for one another, care for the people that are entrusted to your, you know, entrusted to you. So um, yeah, and I'm, I'm just excited about all the things that God's doing. So those are my, those are my recommendations as far as books. We got some clothes. We got different things available. Um, so if you drove a little bit today, it's worth the drive. If you had a little bit of a drive, it's worth it. It's worth it to be in the presence of God. It's worth it to be in a community of believers that will encourage you, that lift you up. Like it's worth the drive. It's worth the time. More and more and more, I'm trying to say church is essential. This is an essential part of our week. It's essential for us to be together. It's essential for us to worship. It's essential for us to get the word of God into our life to do everything that God wants us to do. So you're in a good spot. We've prayed over your chair. We've prayed over your families. Like we're gonna hear from God today. So um, I got a, a little joke as we start today. So uh, one day uh, a pastor was visiting the homes of members of the church. And uh, everything was going good till he came to this one particular house. And so he came up to the house and he can hear some stuff going on inside. So he, he knocks on the door. No one comes. He rings the doorbell. Nobody comes. But he's certain someone is actually in the house. And so he pulls out his business card and writes Revelation 3.20 on the card, puts it in the door, and then walks away. So the next, next week at church... Um, after they, they do the, the offering and everything, they, they give the pastor this card. And on the card, Revelation 3.20 is crossed out and Genesis 3.10 is written in. Well, Revelation 3.20 says, here I am. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I'll come in and eat with him and he with me. Okay, so that was crossed out. So then Genesis 3.10 the pastor goes to his Bible and looks it up and it says, I heard your voice in the garden and I was afraid. <laughs> Next line, for I was naked. Okay. Um, so that verse alone means I will not be visiting any home. So I, I will not be randomly showing up at your house. But uh, Today, I just, I want to talk about the story of Joseph. And we're looking at the Christmas story. And I love the Christmas story because every time you read, you gain something new. It's like the Bible says it's living, it's active, it's alive. So you might read a verse 20 times and actually learn something different the 20th time that you read it. So we're, we're talking about the Christmas story. We're looking at Mary and Joseph, and we're looking at what was going on in their life. And they are about to experience the supernatural. The supernatural is about to happen in their life. Something incredible is about to happen. They're in the plan of God. They're stepping into all the things that God wants them to do, but they're not quite there yet. Maybe you feel that way, where you feel like God is about to do something. I, I can feel it. I can sense it. 
I can, I can, I'm, I'm starting to, to, to see it, right? It's like, okay, you can, you can see that God is moving. You can see that God is working, but you're not quite there yet. So what do you do when you're kind of in the middle? You're in the waiting. You can sense that God is moving, but you're not quite there yet. That's what we're going to talk about today. So if you happen to have your Bibles, you can open up to the book of Matthew chapter 1. Um, if you start at the very beginning, you get to read all about the genealogy. Um, you know, there's 14 generations before, you know, um, there's 14 generations, 14 generations, 14 generations. It's, it's incredible how God works with numbers and it all ends up lining up. So we're, we're starting in verse 18 and it says, this is how Jesus, the Messiah was born. His mother, Mary was engaged to be married to Joseph, but before marriage took place while she was still a virgin. She became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, you got to understand a couple things about Joseph and Mary. Like Joseph is a righteous man. Joseph has already decided like he's going to serve God. He's going to live for God. He's going for a certain type of girl. He's going for a girl that loves God. He's going after someone that already believes that Jesus is the way that, well, not, I mean, Jesus is not born yet, but he's, he's thinking, I want to find someone that loves God, that serves God. It's like, that's a great thing to do, by the way. The number one requirement, if you're thinking about dating someone, do they love God? That's the number one requirement. So he's, he's already there. Okay. He's already like, I'm only going to date someone. I'm only going to get engaged to somebody that loves God. So he meets this girl named Mary and man, she's like anyone he's ever met. She's fun. She's caring. She's beautiful. She's pure. And she loves God. I mean, she loves the Lord. So, so he's like, I'm so excited about this. He, he ends up proposing. She says, yes. It's like the happiest day of his life. He's like, this is it. I'm in the middle of a miracle. Like all the things I've prayed about, it's about to happen. Like I'm stepping into the purpose of God, the plan of God. Like he's, he's thrilled. He's excited. And, and, and then he talks to Mary. Mary's like, um, why, why don't you come over? We need to talk on Monday night. And he's like, oh, okay. Nothing good happens on Monday. So it's like, oh, really? You want me to come over on Monday? So it's like, she's like, yeah, I kind of need to talk to you a little bit. I want you to think about like how this conversation went down. It really happened. Like, what did she say? Hey, why don't you, you want some coffee? Um, I made you some cake. So here's some apple, you know, here's some chocolate cake. Do you want some whipped cream with that? Yeah, well, let me get it real quick. Um, hey, just so you know, I'm pregnant. I'm a virgin, but I'm pregnant. God did it to me. I'm not sure how this is going to work or how it's going to happen, but I guess the savior of the world's in my tummy. <laughs> like, I don't, I mean, this actually happened. She had to actually say, I'm pregnant. I didn't do anything. I'm still a virgin, but God put this baby inside of me. And I, 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 I don't know. Joseph is sitting there slowly eating his chocolate cake, trying to sit like, what? You know, what, what? He had a plan. It was supposed to be a certain way. It wasn't supposed to go down like this. And now Mary drops this bomb and he, he believes in God. He, he thinks Mary um, wants to serve God and love God, but he's, he's struggling with this new reality. And actually in verse 19, the next verse, it says, Joseph, to whom she was engaged, was a righteous man. He didn't want to disgrace her publicly, so he decided to break the engagement quietly. 
They keep talking it over. He's had two pieces of chocolate cake and he can't wrap his mind around this. He's like, okay. He's decided this isn't it. This isn't going to work out. He's walking home. He's already decided, made up in his mind, she's lying to me. She has to be lying. I'm heartbroken. I had this plan that it was going to work out a certain way, but now I'm dealing with all this pain. I'm dealing with all this hurt. Now, he's still a righteous man. He doesn't want to embarrass her. He doesn't want to humiliate her, but he has decided in his heart it's over. He doesn't feel like there's really another option. Now, this is when you know you're in the danger zone. When you start to think, I don't have another option. You're in the danger zone. I don't have any other options. I guess I have to do this. I guess I have to say this. I guess I have to do this. Or I guess I, I can't go here. I can't. When you start to feel in your life like you don't have any other options, that is a huge warning sign where you're being influenced by the enemy. The enemy will tell you, you don't have any options. You can't be pure. You can't be redeemed. You can't come back from that. You can't have this life. You can't really be a Christian. Like you don't have any, when he starts to say those things to you, you are in the danger zone because the enemy wants you to believe there is no options. The enemy is working on Joseph saying there is no options, that she cheated on you, that she isn't going to be your wife, that this can't be true. He's working, he's working, he's working on him. But God always has another way. This is what it says in Isaiah 43, 18 and 19. But forget all that. It's nothing compared to what I'm going to do. For I am about to do something new. See, I've already begun. Do you not see it? I will make a pathway through the wilderness. I'll create rivers in the dry wasteland. You see, God is a creator. God can create new options. God can create a way. God can create rivers. God can create hope. And God will make a way where it seems like there is no way. The enemy cannot create. He does not have the power to create. He can lie and he can lie and he can lie and he can bring up that thing over and over and over and over in your mind to make you think there's no option, there's no option, there's no option. But God's word says, no, 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 I'll make a way where there is a, a way. I can do the impossible. I'm a healer. I'm a helper. I'm a redeemer. I'm the great God. There is nothing impossible for me. So God will begin to show you and show you and show you there's another option. There's a hundred doors over here. So anytime you start to think there's no option, I guess I have to do this. I guess I have to do that. It's like, no, no, no. With God, there's always options. And so the next verse, verse 20 it says, as he considered this, as Joseph is considering this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit, and she will have a son, and you're to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. As he's now home, he's asleep, he's considering a life without Mary, He's decided to end the relationship. He's already decided, okay, I, I got to move away. This isn't going to work. What I thought was going to happen isn't going to happen. He's already decided. God intervenes and speaks right in that moment. And God says, Joseph, there's a bigger plan. Joseph, I know you're feeling pain. I know you're feeling heartbreak. I know you're feeling disappointment, but you're part of a bigger miracle. God speaks to him and says, Mary's actually pure. 
She's a virgin. She's my chosen instrument. My son is in her belly and I've chosen her and I've chosen you. I've chosen you, Joseph, to be the father of my son, to be the, the father of, of the savior of the world who's going to change the world, who's going to forgive people of their sins. And so he's saying, Joseph, there's another option. Joseph, there's another plan. There's another way. But it's good to remember, Joseph had a choice. I don't know if we really realize that. God gives us a choice. God gives you a choice. God gives me a choice. God actually gave the angels a choice. He created the angels with free will. And one third of the angels, they heard Satan's pitch and they said, yeah, I want to go worship Satan. And one third of the angels left heaven or kicked out of heaven. And now they worship Satan. But two thirds said, no, I'm sticking with God. I'm sticking with him. So God created us with the ability to choose. You know, there's a lot of things that happen on earth that are not God's will. There's a lot of things that happen on earth that God doesn't like. That's why when, when the disciples are saying, Jesus, how, how should we pray? He's like, pray this way. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth like it is in heaven. God's will is not happening on earth. There's disease, there's sickness, there's pain, there's abuse, there's mass shootings. There's all kinds of stuff happening on earth that is not God's will. So God says, pray this way, that my will would happen on earth like it is in heaven. In heaven, there's no pain, there's no disease, there's no abuse, that people are healed and they're whole, that they, they have the knowledge and the revelation that Jesus is real, that God loves them. So he's like, pray that my will would happen on earth. But he always gives us a choice. So Joseph has a choice. You have a choice. I have a choice. Am I going to go God's way or am I going to go man's way? And there's two very, very different opportunities here. So this is God's way. This ladder is going to represent God's way. And God's way says, trust in the Lord, serve God, deny yourself, take up your cross, follow him, forgive and serve. This is what it says. There's joy. There's hope that Jesus is the one that'll give you life. Jesus is the one that will make it happen. So this is what God's way says. And all of us have to come to this point where we make a decision. Are we going to go man's way? Or are we going to go God's way? Because man's way says, do what you want to do. Serve yourself. Think about number one. If you're going to be great, just focus on yourself. You don't have to forgive. You don't have to serve. You don't have to do all that. You earned this. You did this. You deserve. You deserve. So there's going to come a point in all of our life where we have to make a choice, which way are we going to go? Because I remember being at a place in my life where I was wanting to serve God, but yet scared to go all the way. And then I was taking a step, but then I was also like right here. And then I, I, I kept trying to see, to see how this was going to work. You can see how this is not going to work out good. And, I, and, and, and you, you get to a point and you're, you're like, what am I going to do? Which way am I going to choose? I cannot continue to grow. I cannot continue to experience all the thing God wants me to experience when I have one foot here and one foot here. That's why the Bible says you can't serve two masters. 
eventually you're going to have to say, God, I'm going to serve you. And you begin to experience joy and peace and love and goodness. And maybe it's not how you thought it was going to go, but he continues to take you higher and higher and higher. But there has to be a time where you say, okay, God, I'm going with your way. And this is what Joseph has decided. He doesn't understand. He's dealing with pain. He's dealing with things that, that were not part of his plan. But here's what it says in Matthew 1, verse 24. It says, when Joseph woke up, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded, and he took Mary as his wife, but he did not have sexual relations with her until her son was born. And Joseph named him Jesus. You see, Joseph, he has a choice. He has pain. He has doubt. He has fear. He has a lot of things that he doesn't understand, but he has the word of God. He has an angel that showed up to him. He has what God says, this is what I want you to do, Joseph. He has specific instructions on exactly what to do. And so he's looking, do I go with my way? Do I go with God's way? I'm feeling all this stuff, but I know God has said to do this. And so he makes a choice, just like we all make a choice. And he says, God, I'm going to obey you. And so he does the thing that God asks him to do. And so he marries Mary immediately. He takes her as his wife, but he doesn't touch her sexually. He doesn't do any of that. He waits and he waits and he waits. And then the baby is born. And they're like, are you going to name him Joseph? Are you going to name him after yourself? I mean, you're the father. I mean, are you going to show everyone that you're the father? And it's like, no, no, no. His name is going to be Jesus. Again, he submits. Again, he serves. God's way says, serve me. Do what I say. Man's way says, do what you want to do. Make yourself great. He says, no, 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 no. I've chosen to go with God. I've chosen to do what God has asked me to do. And his obedience produced some things that I don't know if we really think about that much. Joseph's obedience protected a lot of things. He chose to marry Mary. That protected her from shame and disgrace. It protected her from rumors. It protected her from people talking bad about her like it protected her. He chose to protect her. He also protected the prophecy. Hundreds of years before Jesus was ever born, it was said, he will be born from a virgin. He protected that prophecy. He said, I will not sleep with my wife. I will not do that. God has instructed me to not do that. I will do the thing that God asked me to do. I will remain pure. I will protect, protect, protect the prophecy. And then God spoke to him after Jesus was born. And he said, it's not safe. I want you to take the baby and I want you to go to Egypt. And so he protected Jesus. But his obedience protected the intimacy that he had with God. John, what are you talking about? When you obey God and you continue to obey God and you continue to take steps with him towards him, he can speak to you. He can say, get out of here. Herod wants to kill the baby. He can say, go back. Herod is dead. It's safe. He can say, do this, do that. Don't do that. Don't go there. It's not safe. Like he protected the intimacy 
of having God speak into his life. That's what obedience does. So Joseph, the supernatural is right ahead of him, right ahead of him, right ahead of him. But he's got some tough choices to make. He's got to obey God and do the thing that God asked him to do. And so I don't know what God has in store for each of you. I don't know that. But I know when you obey him and you believe him and you say, God, I'm going your way, not my way. God, what have you instructed me to do? I'll do it. It'll work out better. It will protect. It will add purpose. It will add provision. It'll add protection. It'll protect you, protect your family, protect all the things that God has entrusted to your care. So let's pray this morning. Father, we thank you. God, I thank you for your plan. I thank you for your purpose. God, help us to go your way. Help us to lean on your understanding, not our understanding, not our own way, not man's way. But God, you are our Lord. You are our leader. And so we do what you say to do. So God, speak to our hearts tenderly. Thank you that you love us. Thank you that you redeem us. Thank you that you help us. Thank you, God, that you're present right here now. And so we trust you. We lean on you. We ask God that you continue to speak to us and help us to do everything you've called us to do. As your heads are bowed, your eyes are closed, maybe you're here today. Maybe you're not where you want to be spiritually. Maybe you've heard about God. Maybe at one point you gave your life to Jesus, but you've kind of taken some steps away. Today you can step back. Today you can come right back. Or maybe you're here and you've never heard about Jesus. You've never heard that he loves you and wants a relationship with you. He does. This is what Christmas is all about. That God sent Jesus to forgive us of our sins and so that to make a way for us to have a relationship with God and one day spend eternity with him. There's no greater miracle than when you ask Jesus to be your Lord and be your Savior. And so today I'm going to give you an opportunity. I'm not going to embarrass you. You don't have to stand up or come to the front, but sitting right there in your seat, I'd love to pray with you. If you're saying I'm coming back for the first time or coming back for the first time in a long time, I just want to pray with you. If that's you today, you want prayer, just slip up your hand and say, pray for me, pray for me, pray for me. Yep, yep, yep. Pray for me. Yep, yep, yep. Good, good, good. Pray for me. You can put your hands down. God sees your hand. God sees your heart. Let's say this prayer together as one big church family. Just repeat these words after me. Dear Jesus, I ask you to come into my life and to be my Lord and to be my Savior. I confess that I've sinned, but I'm asking you to forgive me, to heal me, and to redeem me. Today, God, I dedicate my life fully to you. In Jesus' name, amen and amen and amen. Can we celebrate life change today? I love that every week we see life change happen. So a couple things before you go today. The first thing is if you raised your hand, just tell somebody. Like we all need people in our life. So tell somebody and then just keep coming back. Keep coming back to a place where you can be around a community of believers who will encourage you, support you, help you be part of something bigger than yourself. So if you have somebody come to mind this week, call them, reach out to them, pray for them. If someone calls you, answer the phone, pick it up. Like let's care for each other these next couple of weeks.
Think about somebody you can invite to Christmas. It's going to be a great Christmas season this year. And if you're thinking about um, different clothing or different stuff like that, we got the the merch pop-up shop available. So God bless you. Have a great Sunday. Cannot wait for Christmas.